Welcome to Flip the Library, the Gwinnett County Public Library podcast. My name is Steve Thomas. I'm the branch manager at the Collins Hill branch. And I'm Melissa Gramot, the manager of the Snellville branch. Today, we're speaking with Ken Scroggs, CEO and president of EAP Works. On April 15th, he presented the Coronavirus Coping Strategies webinar to all GCPL staff. Today, we welcome him back to tell us a bit more about his organization and share strategies for working, coping, and thriving during COVID and other difficult times. So, Ken, welcome back. Thank you. Um, We're going to start off with the basics. Um, What is an employee assistance program? Well, again, thank you for having me. And I've been providing EAP services for over 20 years. It's a confidential counseling service and other supportive services, but primarily our core service is to provide confidential counseling to employees and their dependents. The coverage for the library is for three free sessions. And we, in most every case, match the counselor with your insurance policy. So if you do need more sessions, you have uh, the ability to continue without interruption. So that that is our core service. In addition to that, as you mentioned, we do provide training. We uh, send out a monthly EAP newsletter. We have sent out a flyer specific to the uh, coronavirus that was distributed. And we want to make other services available as well so that for some people who say, well, I don't need counseling really, but I am at home with my children who are obviously not in school at this time. And I would like to call to get some parenting tips for things that we might do at home with our kids. So uh, we sometimes refer to that as coaching And of course, now most of what we're providing is online counseling through HIPAA compliant platforms so that people don't need to be reluctant to take advantage of the service thinking, well, I don't want to go in and see someone because I really want to try to avoid being out any more than I can, you know, can help. So, yeah. Is that, is that online platform something that you've always offered, or is that something new with um, the current pandemic? Well, um, it's not really an online platform as much as it is just calling our EAP team, and we're available at all times. Um, we appreciate people calling uh, between daylight and dark, but uh, we're available you know, anytime you might need to call to get support. So it is a 24-hour person that you can respond to. Now, in addition to that, Steve, we do have a website that we promote so that you can go there to Gwinnett, the number two, and library. And it's, uh, that's the username and password. The, The website is posted on all of our materials it's pretty easy to remember. It's eapworklife.com. And if you type in EAP Work Life, it's usually the first thing to come up on your browser. So you can go there and get some information. Um, but we really like to have that personal kind of touch with people who give us a call. So, yeah. 
I know, I know we're going to end up talking a lot more about um, some other services and stuff and kind of more in depth, but uh, before we get to that, can you tell us a little bit more about like your background and how you came to um, this kind of work and how you came to work with EAP work specifically? Well, certainly um, I have been in the field for about 40 years now. So I've been around, I have uh, worked with uh, the military. I was a captain in the army, a social work officer. I've worked in uh, hospitals and uh, obviously the emergency rooms, the ICU, the general ward, the outpatient care. And I was trained in graduate school, not only as a clinician, but in community organization. And that was an easy transition into what we call organizational development, basically looking for what needs an organization has. So I started the first child um, abuse coordination council in the army. And then we started a coordination council for people that had heart attacks so that we followed people from the ICU to the general ward and uh, encouraged them to make the changes that they would need to make. Anytime you have a major thing like a heart attack, you're going to have some emotion around that, obviously. And same thing with working with um, children that have been neglected and abused. And so because of not only my clinical work in the military, and we did a lot of work with uh, substance abusers and a lot of work with PTSD, people coming back at that time from Vietnam, but I wound up on the commanding general staff providing leadership development training and coordinating all the human services. We called it HUSAC, uh, where we had a one-star general. And when the one-star general says we're going to have a monthly meeting, everybody shows up. <laughs> and I was the coordinator. So when you've got that kind of muscle, you know, guiding things, uh, we got a lot of things done. And any large organization uh, – doesn't always know what all the moving parts do. So uh, a lot of people knew about the Red Cross, but they didn't know all the things they do or Army Community Services or what they call the mental hygiene. We would call it a mental health department. So we had a coordinating council and I've had the opportunity, having been a civilian, to provide consultation and counseling over the last many years and worked with the uh, Gwinnett County Chamber. That's how I was introduced to the library years ago and how we started working with uh, you folks. And we're just so delighted about that. Both my parents were educators and the library is something that's just a real treasure in every community. And you guys do obviously a lot more than make uh, books available. So we definitely delight in supporting what you're doing for the different communities around Gwinnett. So thank you. Is that helpful? Yes. <laughs> so uh, the summary on that is we provide the confidential counseling, but we're available to work with organizations just like uh, working with you guys now as we go through this unfortunate virus to look for more things like the parenting tips and coaching and expanding those services uh, to do outreach. I was so delighted to work with Michael and be on the um, uh, 
Lunch and Learn. And that was so well attended. We had over 100 people respond to that. And I just really appreciated the response to that. We've got quite a few training programs and resilience is something very important. We've actually continued to uh, refine that. And now basically the same program is called Stress Management and Resilience Training, which stands for SMART, Stress Management and Resilience Training. So the people that attended that are now SMART. (laughs) So, yeah. Good. Can you um, walk through resiliency a little bit, just because I keep on seeing that word a lot um, in reference to stress and what is going on right now? Melissa, I'm so delighted you asked that because um, resilience means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Uh, The simple example I like to use is imagine two basketballs. One's fully inflated, and when you let go and it hits the floor, it does what? It bounces back. It's resilient. Now, imagine the other basketball is not fully inflated, and when you drop it to the floor, it just kind of bumps and lands and stays there. So all of us need to consider a number of things so that we bounce back when we're faced with trying times, some of those basics are sleep, nutrition, and exercise. Most people are sleep deprived. And most of us are sedentary because we sit in front of a computer all day. And so those three things are a real foundation. The other thing, of course, is mental health professional we like to talk about with regard to resilience is We look at those people who have, for example, we talk a lot about the military. A lot of soldiers have PTSD, but the majority of them come back and do not have PTSD and are very resilient because they have been through a trying time and they can say, hey, I've been through this and that and the other. It's going to take a lot to knock me off my center because I know how to bounce back. That's one of the things I like to say uh, to couples as well, to look forward to the times when you can look back on falling together when there was a trying time instead of falling apart. And the more you fall together, the more you feel like, hey, look at what we've been through. Nothing's going to make us fall apart. Uh, By the way, I've got three licenses. I forgot to mention this as a professional counselor, a marriage and family therapist, and a clinical social worker. So I appreciate working with couples as well. Uh, Even more so as a therapist, a lot of us are more isolated than we've been for a while. And as someone once said, one of the most important things to deal with is our own mind our thoughts, because if we don't address that, then it can kind of mentally run away with us. And the way we're built for centuries is, and I had the opportunity to mention this in the training um, earlier, is that we have a built-in fight-flight reaction. 
and that has saved human beings for thousands of years. Unfortunately, we don't need to be quite so concerned about sizing up the situation immediately to see if that's a lion, a tiger, a bear chasing us or something smaller that we're going to fight instead of flee from. Uh, we need to update our software, so to speak, to be more resilient and deal with some of these automatic thoughts that occur. And we refer to those sometimes as automatic negative thoughts. And the acronym there is ANTS. We have ANTS sometimes that um, we overreact to. For example, if you see a, if you're walking in your backyard and you see a rope, but you perceive it's a snake, you know, you have a, a reaction. One of the things in the military and in sports, we train and train and train. In the military, you need to be ready, aim, and fire. You don't ready, fire, and then aim. You look, that split second makes a big difference. So when we're isolated at home, sometimes we get a little bit stressed and we can be harsh with each other. And human beings don't like too much harshness. So we need to learn to be able to be careful uh, one of the fastest things in the world is the human mind. And I think the second fastest thing is human speech. So as I was told frequently as a teenager growing up, put your mind in gear before you put your mouth in motion. So, you know, uh, the way we're wired, we have to train ourselves to deal with some of this isolation and with our families to be careful sometimes what we say and not just let it be like a pressure cooker and the pressure build up and it, we pop off and say something and it's kind of hard to take back. So that's resilience from a physical level, sleep, nutrition, exercise from a mental level. Um, spend a little time every day and just do some self-reflection. You know, how many of us put our cell phones on a charger every night to get recharged? Probably all of us. And how important is it for us each day to recharge our mental battery, so to speak, and chill out? The thing I really love to say here is most of us are pretty darn smart. We know what works best for us to take time to read a book, go for a walk, um, maybe work in the garden. Uh, Fishing is a pretty good thing to do. In most cases, it's not too crowded. Uh, whatever you like to do. Do more of that so that you have a chance to let your mind really um, reset. Is that helpful? Does that kind mm-hmm. of define Fair. moods? Good. Thank you. Yeah, I like what, what it, you can kind of put a couple of those things together. You were talking about of, of where you fall together when you're within a relationship and that helps out. But, and it's complicated now because we're always together. <laughs> so you're kind of going through all the good things and all the bad things together. And you're just even people that you love and like the most. I mean, if you're with them all the time, they're going to be <laughs> banging together. That's so true. So. Um, so how, speaking of kind of a that, uh, how do you feel like uh, COVID-19 um, has changed the kind of work that you're doing, like the kinds of things you're getting, obviously without breaking anybody's confidentiality, but like what sure. kinds of things, the general kinds of things are you hearing from people these days that you weren't before or in more detail? Well, um, generally, I, I 
think you'll all know and not be surprised that people are calling, talking about the very kind of things we're talking about here, saying, uh, you know, we're having some uh, harsh words with my spouse. Could we have some couples counseling? Uh, we'd like some tips on parenting our kids. They're getting frustrated. They're missing seeing their friends and uh, needing a lot more of our attention than we're used to having time, especially since I may be working remotely from home and parenting, kind of juggling a lot of things at the same time, and looking for opportunities to provide trainings uh, like the online uh, Lunch and Learn Unfortunately, as much as I hate to bring it up, nobody's going to be surprised that we have had a few, but I'm concerned that we're going to have more people calling for grief counseling because of the loss of a loved one to this virus. So we're geared up to meet those needs as they come our way. So the... Thing as bad as all that is, I think coming out the other side, and I, again, sometimes use my military background to refer to the virus as our enemy, and we're going to fight this enemy, and we are going to win. It's going to take some time. We're going to go into battle and be prepared, just like you'd wear a helmet and carry a weapon. We're going to wear a mask, and we're going to carry hand sanitizer, and we're going to fight this virus. We're going to win, and... Like all good warriors, we're going to come out the other side having been tested to be more resilient, knowing that when we get through this, we will have a frame of reference to bounce back from for future things that may come up. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have a question about um, what would you say to someone who is hesitant to reach out for assistance? Well, excuse for me for sometimes being oversimplistic, but you don't know if you don't go. If you even think that some outside unbiased information would be helpful, give it a try. It's free. It's confidential. Um, One of the hardest things for all of us, including myself, is that the first stage in problem solving is to admit we have a problem. And most of us have so many things going on just to say, well, usually one or two things happens. One is, hey, things are rocking along pretty well. Why do I want to rock the boat and bring up a problem? You know, the other thing is like, well, you know, it's not a crisis, so maybe it'll go away. So we have all these things that we sometimes call defense mechanisms that do not work in our behalf. And, you know, self-reflection is something that sounds good, but some of us kind of think about, there's an old phrase called digging up bones. Why do you want to go and bring up these things? Just, Just leave them alone. Or a phrase I invented years ago with couples counseling is, you know, sometimes you need to bury the hatchet, including the handle. Don't keep bringing this up. On the other hand, uh, think about what it would be like to pick one issue that, you know, keeps coming up and just reflect on it 
for even five minutes, 10 minutes a day. Just ponder it. And along that way, think about what would it be like to get some expert advice from somebody who's trained in some of these issues that may cause me to have a some negative thoughts, some ants, if you will, and give me some creative suggestions on how to deal with these automatic negative thoughts. So um, in the old days when it was a regular phone, I used to say it's 500-pound phone when you've got a problem. It's a heavy thing to lift, pick up, and make that first call. So that's a great question, Melissa. That, that first call to open the door to solving a problem can be the toughest thing. But once you crack that open, uh, for every problem, there's a solution. And it's wonderful to also know you're not alone dealing with this and that it's all confidential. So I hope that's helpful, too. Very yeah. And um, you, you mentioned earlier, and just to be clear for staff, um, sure. it's available for not only for our staff, but for dependents as well. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that because sometimes we don't underscore that enough. If you have a, a child or your spouse um, that you think would be helpful, please uh, don't hesitate to let us know. We'd be delighted to help. That's my, we're asking about my profession, my career, my background. I've just always felt that my mission in life is to help as many people as we can. And working through organizations like the library gives us an opportunity to, to do that. So we just very much appreciate your partnership and look forward to any opportunity when we can help any of your people, including their dependents. Well, how would a staff member um, get started if they decide, okay, yes, I do need these services. What, what's that first step that they need to take? All they need to do, and we have a very easy number, it's 770-449-1111-1111. All they need to do is just uh, give us a call. And do they need to have any kind of... Um, I don't know, proof that they work for the library or anything like that. Like how, how do they kind of get that part of it out of the way? <laughs> yeah, we just make that very easy. Uh, and I don't mean to make a bad joke here, but all they need to do is just to say, I work for Gwinnett County Library and you're good to go. My bad joke is I wish we had more people trying to sneak in to get our services and tell the <laughs> white lines, oh, I like work for the library and they don't. You know? <laughs> so we don't verify your employment. I mean, in years past, we had an employee list and we went down the checklist to see. So maybe that'll become a problem in the future. But for now, just identify yourself as a Gwinnett County Public Library employee or dependent thereof. And, and you are you got the green light. Excellent. Easy. Good. Good question. Thanks for asking. Steve. Easy peasy. Yes. Um, this is going to be the last question if we don't have any kind of follow-up questions. Um, sure. So according to the CDC and multiple other sources, about a third of adults are showing signs of anxiety and depression during the first half of 2020. Um, have your services seen an increase in demand during COVID? Most definitely, we have seen an increase, and we expect it to continue to climb 
because again and again, I know we're going to get through this, but it's still going to leave uh, some caution uh, that we need to have to some degree. Um, and we're not quite through it yet. So um, I like to call them the EAP dream team. My team is standing by ready to serve you and uh we're all in this for the long haul, and I just cannot say this enough. We are all in this together, and we're going to get through it together. And that's another thing about resilience that we mentioned in the training. Um, you know, something very interesting about the mind is that um, your support system is so very, very important. And those people, I like to refer to it as physical distancing. I don't want you to be socially distancing. I want you to stay socially connected over your phone, over uh, Zoom or FaceTime, you know, double up on your social connectivity. But if you go out, keep your distance to avoid the virus. But what I just want to say briefly is in my career, I've seen so many positive changes because we have more and more science than ever to back up what we do works. Now, it's kind of like going to the gym. I wish I could delegate that to somebody else. They'd go to the gym for me. <laughs> you know, if you do the work, you're going to feel better. And what I want to say about the mind is, you know, most of our neurons are in your brain. But if you've ever heard of neuropeptides, some of your neurons are in your stomach. You know, you have a gut level feeling. That's because those neurons in your stomach are kicking in and you have neurons around your heart center. And so social connectivity really does make you feel better physically and emotionally and mentally. It connects all of those neurons in your brain and your heart and in your gut level feelings. So, yeah. Yeah. And as they, as they say, you know, the, the only way through is through <laughs> that you, you have to go through it to get through it. <laughs> and it's that, 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 that can be dirty. It can be messy. It can do that. But if you don't do the work, you, you're not going to get the, get the reward at the end. So. Yeah. I think one of the things we mentioned, certainly in most of the seminars is a quote from Winston Churchill, who said, if you feel like you're going through hell, keep going. Keep going. So push through. <laughs> yeah, push through. Sometimes you do. You do have to push through. But again and again, when you know you're not alone, and we're not, uh, and we're getting through this together, and we say stay as connected as we can, uh, it makes a big, big difference. So that's a big part of resilience. I think that's a good message that kind of corresponds well with the, the library in that, you know, we're, we're, we're all about making those connections within the community and making positive positivity come out of all that. And um, yours is more focusing on inwardly and making sure that we're Cause basically we need you and your kind of work to make us okay to do make our connections. Cause you can't make positive connections if you don't have positivity in your own life. It's true. You can't give what you ain't got to yeah you know if, if you have that sense of resilience and that warm-heartedness and that openness it's really like a magnet it attracts people to you and they want to be you know close because it's it's a supportive rewarding healing kind of experience think about the people you like to be close to you know? 
something about that. Good. All right. Um, well, Ken, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Um, we appreciate your time and um, we encourage people to go back and watch the recording of your other um, program you did for us a couple of months back. But um, hopefully this also kind of fills in some of those gaps and lets people know about your service there, your, your very valuable services that are offered. Well, thank you both, Steve, Melissa. I just really appreciate the opportunity to remind people so that we can help more of your folks and don't hesitate to give us a call anytime or facilitate these types of, of uh, meetings uh, to continue to remind people because sometimes we know we have it, but then we get laden with a lot of stress and it's just not on the tip of our mind. This is very valuable. Thank you again. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thank you so much, Ken. Thank you.